The Denver Broncos are as beatable of a team as the Chicago Bears will face this season, and they're surprisingly a favorable matchup based on scheme and personnel. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnBears. You can like LockedOnBears on Facebook. Join the LockedOnBears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the LockedOnBears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making LockedOnBears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use our promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. On the show today, we put together a game plan for how the Chicago Bears can get their first win of the season, maybe try and get some things back on track and beat the struggling Denver Broncos. This game is all about taking advantage of a bad Denver Broncos defense. So that's where we'll start with this Bears offense, getting Justin Fields and company going, finding the matchups, and I think just generally like the game plan scheme philosophy that should be able to find success against the defense that gave up 70 points last week. Then we'll turn our attention to slowing down Russell Wilson, who I think gets overlooked in this 0-3 start for Denver. He's actually playing pretty well, not like Pro Bowl level Russell Wilson of the past, but not as much of the problem fully in Denver right now. And we can't certainly overlook him and that side of the ball. This Bears defense will need to step up. And we'll wrap up looking at the matchups that will decide this one. The ones that the Bears need to win. Either take advantage of a Broncos weakness or make sure that your weakness doesn't get taken advantage of too much to win those matchups and ultimately win this game. But really, as we heard yesterday on the Crossover Thursday podcast with Sarah Bettinger from Locked On Broncos, the story of the Broncos season has been their league worst defense, right? This is going to be a game where the Bears need to put up some points because we haven't been able to trust this Bears defense either. And as much as I don't know that I trust this Bears offense to get into a shootout per se, this might be that kind of game because the Broncos offense isn't as bad comparatively as their defense is. And when you look at what Miami was able to do last week and certainly Washington the week before that, there's some real vulnerabilities here. And I think First of all, we need to see the Chicago Bears run the ball and stick with the running game and take that pressure off of Justin Fields and make, you know, make this offense control the clock, control the line of scrimmage, control the tempo of the game with the running game. And of course, like that's something you you kind of want to see every week, ideally, but specifically in a matchup with a team like the Broncos that gave up 350 rushing yards last season, last week, and is giving up, you know, five and a half yards per carry this season. You should be able to find some room on the ground game. Their defensive line, their front seven, their defense as a whole really is not particularly strong, but particularly up front, it seems like they've not been able to get the push on the defensive line that they've been looking for, and running backs have been able to do some damage. On top of that, they miss a ton of tackles. They missed 24 against the Miami Dolphins. Like They're competing with the Bears for most missed tackles this season because they've been unable to tackle guys. And so you know, there's an opportunity here for your running backs to get ahead of steam or Justin Fields to get some speed, make one guy miss, and then it's off to the races. And we certainly saw 
Last week in Miami, when you have some real speed on offense, the likes of Khalil Herbert or Justin Fields, not maybe they're not quite Tyreek Hill fast, but the Broncos were outrun a lot in that game. You know, Raheem Mostert and Devin A-Chain, the running backs in, in Miami, also very fast players, and they were able to just make a guy miss, and then it's a foot race. I don't know why the Dolphins chose to run a lot of, like, man coverage. There's a lot of, like, two deep safeties with man coverage to try and prevent the big play over the top, but the problem was, like, they completed to then to Tyreek Hill, you know, over the middle, and then he just outrun your safety or make your safety miss, and then and then he's gone, right? I mean, it was, the coverage has tried to sort of stay on top of it, but it just didn't really... It didn't really work. And I think you saw, for the most part, the Dolphins and other teams this season, the, the Commanders as well, have a lot of success hitting the middle of the field against them. It's the shallow crossing routes. It's the slant routes. It's the post routes. You know, routes breaking over the middle of the field, which is an area that Justin Fields has not been able to do enough of this season. But could this be the opportunity where, you know, he, he finds a way to get that added more into his game? We've seen, like, moments of it, but it hasn't been... Hasn't been something he's done consistently. He more consistently looks to the sidelines, right? And we see a similar thing from Russell Wilson, and we'll get to that here in a little bit. But there should be some opportunity here, you know, for guys like DJ Moore to work over the middle of the field, Darnell Mooney, or, or your tight ends, you know, kind of working up the seam. You can find some space against this Denver Broncos defense. You can find a lot against this Denver Broncos defense. When I compare to what they did against a younger quarterback like Sam Howell in week two, they still went to a lot of man coverage, a lot of single deep safety, right? Because they've had so much trouble stopping the run, they keep, you know, Justin Simmons as that deep safety and then bring, you know, usually it's it's uh, Kareem Jackson coming in and being the other strong safety next to him up in the box and and kind of go single deep coverage. This is not a team that you see coverage-wise rolls their safeties back. You know, if they show one safety pre-snap, almost always it's going to be one safety post-snap. They'll take two deep and roll down to one deep, but, you know, like robber coverages they'll do, but really do you see them roll out back to a two deep coverage. So it should be easier for Justin Fields to kind of see, okay, pre-snap, if there's one deep safety, then it's a question of man or zone. Send a guy in motion. You should know then whether it's cover one or cover three. You might not know exactly where everybody's going to be, but you can get a better sense of what the coverage might be and then know what route you're going to go to ahead of that. Like this is not a well-disguised, say, you know, fancy trickeration type defense here. You should be able to have some pretty good success. You got to watch out for the cover six. They like to go to that a little bit more. Split field coverages where it's a little different on each side of the field, but Justin Fields can handle that sort of thing. And so I think if you can especially rely on the running game and not ask Fields to to have to be the big-time passer in this game, run the ball, control the clock, your offense should be in pretty good space. And in terms of the running game, quickly as well, we've seen the Broncos' defense this year be a lot better versus gap scheme runs than zone runs. So like your count, anytime you're pulling a guard, you know, you're countering your power, it kind of directs where the point of attack is going to be for the defense. So they've been pretty good at, at swarming to that and kind of creating a pile up and a mess when there's a designated point of attack. But, you know, these sort of zone runs, the toss cracks to the outside, the outside zone stretch runs, and even inside zone cutting back, they've had trouble keeping up with backs and making the tackles on those plays. So look for the Bears to get their running game going, in theory, more with the zone than the gap scheme runs as well. Then it's going to be about keeping Russell Wilson under wraps, not letting this passing offense for Denver Get rolling, not as worried about their running game per se, but we'll kind of get we'll kind of get into what we need to see from this Bears defense to make sure that they're not losing some kind of shootout with the Denver Broncos offense next on Locked On Bears. The Locked On Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at DoorDash. With DoorDash, you can love the convenience of getting what you want right at your door because DoorDash now has grocery delivery so you can stock up for the week or order your last minute cravings conveniently. 
You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your favorite restaurant foods, and now you can get your grocery delivery that actually delivers too. Super handy on game day. You know, you don't want to go to the grocery store right before kickoff because it's going to be a, a zoo, but you don't want to go during the game because then you're going to miss the game. But DoorDash can bring you your groceries while you're still at home watching the game. Groceries can come right when the game wraps up. You put them away and be ready to make dinner and, and get on with the rest of your day. And right now, you can get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value. when You use our promo code LOCKEDONNFL at checkout. It's a limited time offer in terms of apply. It's a 50% off up to $20 with no minimum subtitle and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the promo code LOCKEDONNFL. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNFL for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Today's episode of Locked On Bears is also brought to you by our friends at Game Time, the best way to get tickets for all of your favorite live events. It's the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase because A, you can see the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive and all the prices show up in your total upfront so you know you're getting a great deal without a bunch of hidden fees that jack up the price when you get to the very ends and you can buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. I love game time because A, you're getting a great price, the lowest price guaranteed, but B, it helps me see what's going on in my area. You know, oh, this band is coming to town. I didn't realize they were going to be in town. Otherwise, you know, you got to check the different venue websites to figure out who's going to be where. It's all in one place in game time. And it always has me doing fun things and going to new fun shows. Download the game time app, create an account and use our promo code locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. It's about taking the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem our code locked on NFL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. The Chicago Bears at this point don't have a ton of benefit of the doubt from us, right? Like we, we've sort of seen enough this season where they got to earn it. They got to prove to us that they can beat a team even as bad as the Denver Broncos. And so I don't want to go into this game thinking, oh, the Broncos are terrible and the Bears should absolutely roll them because it's, I don't think it's going to be that game. We talked yesterday with Sarah Bettinger from Dr. Broncos about that very same thing. I, we both think it's going to be close, but probably a little bit on the higher scoring game considering how both of these defenses have struggled. And I don't, at the same time, I don't want to overrate how Russell Wilson and the Broncos offense has been doing, but they, I mean, they did score 33 points against the commanders. It was only 20 against the Dolphins and 16 against the Raiders, but like, it's not like they've been totally inept all season. They have plenty of flaws and they're not a great offense by any means, but in the same way, like this Broncos defense feels like something that you, know, you can just roll over. I'm not worried about this Broncos defense at all. Like you should be able to score on this Broncos defense. The offense is not in the same category. Again, not elite, not great, but you know, they can, they can hang this, this Broncos offense can hang when they're not down by 50 points. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what it comes down to a little bit here. Like they're, they're going to make mistakes, but like Russell Wilson is playing pretty well this season. Relatively speaking, there's still limitations in this offense, you know, kind of like Justin Fields he holds onto the ball pretty long. He's that kind of quarterback. And I, I noticed too, especially against the blitz, he holds it surprisingly long, like longer than Justin Fields. When you're blitzing him, like he he still tries to hold on to it and, and make that play. And there's an opportunity here to try and get home with the blitz. The Bears have done it occasionally. They haven't really been able to get home with it. This Broncos offensive line is okay. Again, not terrible, maybe even decent, but certainly not great, but not awful. But like, you know, their big free agent signing, Mike McGlinchey on the right tackle spot, who the Bears were interested in. It's been a bit underwhelming. 
if you ask me. And for a big signing, he's just been kind of average and not looking as good as he did in San Francisco. But maybe that's the whole offense as well. But like when you think about this Bears defense, obviously they've struggled getting after the quarterback. They struggled finishing at the quarterback with sacks. They struggled pressuring the quarterback consistently. You need to be better there. And there should be some opportunities against this offensive line, some easier one-on-one matchups perhaps than they've dealt with in some of the other games this season. But also we've seen this Bears offensive line, or excuse me, this Bears defense get gashed in the middle of the field. We, we did a whole video breakdown of this for the Lockdown Bears Insiders Group, an all-22 film breakdown. If you'd like to check it out, join subtext.com slash Lockdown Bears. Link is always in the description if you want to join and, and see that video. But like one of the areas we highlighted is how often the Bears get attacked in the middle of the field, right? Jordan Love did it a bunch. Baker Mayfield did it a bunch. And of course, Patrick Mahomes did whatever he wanted. But like that sort of intermediate to deep middle of the field area, those digs, those crossing routes, those slants, the Bears have been hit on that all season. And fortunately... That is not where Russell Wilson's strength is, much like Justin Fields. Like, neither of these quarterbacks throws middle of the field. You look at, like, Russell Wilson's passing charts, particularly, like, week two against Washington Commanders. He'll, he'll, he throws primarily to the sidelines, gets some deep shots in there as well, and then it's, like, the short checkdowns in the middle of the field. You know, they'll do the shallow crossing routes, the five-yard curl route over the middle, but you really don't see him throw a lot in that, you know, 10 to 30-yard range between the numbers over the middle field. Everything is short underneath, check down, or far to the sidelines. You know, he throws a lot of out routes, a lot of little swing passes to the running backs, you know, things like that that don't necessarily scare you. And then, of course, they mix in some deep shots too. But sounds a lot like the Bears offense, right? It's the outs, it's the check downs, it's the, it's the deep shots. But I think they've had a little bit more success doing so than the Bears have at this point. But the point being, the Bears have been bad at defending the middle of the field, a little bit better in all those other areas. So in theory it should be a slightly more favorable matchup then for this defense, unless Russell Wilson can unlock some of that ability to attack the middle of the field. In terms of the deep shots, the guy you got to watch out for is uh, their young second-round pick, Marvin Mims Jr. He's had only a handful of catches this season, but most of them have gone for touchdowns. Like He's been the deep threat. Rookie out of Oklahoma, second-round pick this year. And like he's got one of those kind of weird season stat lines where he's got seven catches for but he's also their leading receiver in yards for 195 yards and a touchdown. Like he, he's been the bomb 60 yard passes and stuff. They haven't thrown it to him as much as Broncos fans want them to, but it's the threat, right? When you see him, you got to watch out for him going deep. Jerry, Judy, Cortland Sutton. Sure. They'll run deep, but they haven't been as big of the threats there up to this point. But those are the guys you got to watch out, you know, work in the sidelines and underneath crossing routes and stuff like that. But in theory at the sidelines and underneath, you can step up and make the tackle and not allow big yards after the catch. Whereas like when you let the guy catch it over the middle of the field, he's got both, he's got the whole field to work with to try and make some yards after the play. So that's where you can kind of limit this Denver Broncos offense. They haven't been, they haven't been feeding Jerry Judy as much as they'd like to either, much like DJ Moore and the Bears offense. A lot of similarities between how these two offenses have struggled so far. Although the difference is these Denver Broncos running backs really don't scare me all that much. And it's certainly no disrespect to Javante Williams and Samaje P. Ryan, but these are not, game-changing, dynamic running backs. They don't force a ton of missed tackles. You know, they don't generate a ton of yards after contact. They can. It's not like they're terrible and useless. They're just not, like, difference makers at the running back spot. And so I feel good about the Bears' ability to be able to step up and I don't want to say, like, completely shut down the Broncos' running game because, you know, they haven't been, you know, non-existent. They're certainly not, like, one of the top amazing 
you know, rushing teams in the NFL, but they've had a couple hundred yard games here and there. They've they've had some decent runs from those guys, but it's like Williams is averaging 3.8 yards per carry, Pirine four and a half. Like it's just not consistent enough. Neither one of them has found the end zone. And so I, I think you can get away with pretty well stopping this Broncos running game. And then it's about your guys holding up in coverage against them, some pretty good Broncos receivers and a pretty good Broncos quarterback. But if you can get enough pressure on a mediocre Broncos offensive line, you can start to make Russell Wilson uncomfortable and maybe just maybe hold that offense down enough while your offense outscores a really bad Broncos defense. And that's how you get your first win of the season for the Chicago Bears. It's always easier said than done. Feels a little bit easier done against a really bad Broncos team, but nothing's been easy for this Bears team. So we're we're all sort of, I think, holding back any sort of confidence in this Bears team until we see them actually go out and do it. But the way to go out and do it is win some of these key one-on-one matchups. And we'll go through the biggest head-to-head battles in this game that will decide the outcome on Sunday next on Locked on Bears. The Locked on Bears podcast is brought to you by eBay Motors. And our partners at eBay Motors are teaming up with Locked on Fantasy Football and that host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy football picks each week all season long. Whether you're getting ready for a daily draft for daily fantasy or you're just scouting the waiver wire, Every week, we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster, especially with bye weeks starting next week. So let's see who Vinny's picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Jacksonville Jaguars wide receiver Calvin Ridley has the classic rebound and revenge opportunity in London in the Week 4 Sunday matchup against his former team, the Atlanta Falcons. Ridley's been pretty quiet with Jacksonville's passing game slumping the past couple weeks, but he should return to more of his stellar Week 1 debut form for his new team. The Jaguars will do a better job of scheming him open across the pond and making his massive target volume from Trevor Lawrence count big time once again. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows that a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. The same thing is true for your vehicle. They've got over 122 million parts available for your car or truck. That way you can make sure that your ride is always running smoothly. Whether it's LED headlights, a roof rack, brake kits, bumpers, Whatever your vehicle needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. And at these prices, you're going to be burning rubber, not cash. So keep your favorite vehicle, whatever you've been working on, your most reliable, or if you got working on a baby in the garage, keep that running smooth at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, restrictions apply. The Bears haven't done a good job of winning their one-on-one matchups consistently enough this season. And sometimes it's the simple things to come down where it's like, I need my guy to beat their guy. And you can scheme up as much as you want. You can game plan as much as you want. But players, not plays, you know, Jimmy's and Joe's, not X's and O's. Pick your overused cliche about football. But like a couple key spots jump out to me. How about on this Bears defense slowing down the Broncos offense? When I look at this Broncos offensive line, I think Lloyd Cushenberry, the center, is the one where I see some vulnerability there. I love their right guard, Quinn Miners. He's a friend of a friend. My friend friend coached him. Anyway, he's a good dude and a really good guard, and I love their right guard, and we'll never have anything bad to say about Quinn Miners because he's a good person and a good player. I've interviewed him before. But their center, Lloyd Lloyd Cushenberry, the third, mm, weak link a little bit up front. The left guard, Ben Powers, not great either, but I want Andrew Billings right there at the nose tackle spot to continue to play well. He's been... 
I think the, the plot, the pleasant surprise of the season so far is how well Andrew Billings has played. Well, everyone else has struggled. He's been a beast in the running game, surprisingly disruptive in the pass rush. Get that pressure right up front in Russell Wilson's face. Don't allow him to step up in the pocket when the, when the edges collapse. And when you get that pressure in his face, it's a lot harder to sort of flush out of the pocket and roll away from the pass rushers. If the edge guys are trying to hold contain and you're also squeezing the top of the pocket, like need Billings and also Justin Jones. But I have higher expectations for Billings at this point because we've seen more of it at this point. Need Billings to get that advantage going against Cushenberry and give this Bears more of a pass rush than we've seen up to this point in the season. Because like Garrett Bowles, their left tackle is pretty strong. You know, it'll be a good it'll be a good battle for Unique Ngakwe over there. The Bears really haven't gotten anything else from any of their edge rushers consistently enough. Demarcus Walker, let's go. Let's see more of it. But it, but if I can get the Billings matchup to really be a big advantage for me, everybody else can then sort of just do their job and don't have to win all the time if Billings is causing some problems at the top of the pocket. A little concerned on the back end because through Thursday, uh, no Jalen Johnson at practice, no Eddie Jackson at practice. At this point, barring some change, I'm expecting neither one to play in this game. Stevenson's good to go. Uh, Blackwell's also hurt too. So I'm guessing we're going to see a lot of Terrell Smith then starting on the outside, two rookie cornerbacks. So Terrell Smith versus a guy like Cortland Sutton, who's been their leading receiver this season in terms of like targets, their go-to option a little bit more. I I have a feeling a guy like Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, I mean, yeah, sure, they're going to go after either rookie cornerback. They're both rookies, but am I going to go after the second round rookie who's been playing a lot or the fifth round rookie who hasn't been playing a lot? I'm going after the fifth round rookie. I really like the way Terrell Smith played last week. Made a couple of nice pass breakups, covers hard, you know, physical player. So I'm not overly concerned, but like still rookies against veterans. You got to watch out for those matchups. And when, when Sutton, Sutton's been the go-to guy, even though it's usually a little bit like, again, out and underneath, Terrell Smith got to step up and make that tackle. Tyreek Stevenson got to step up and make that tackle. And of course, if we're going to see more Greg Stroman in the slot, it's not it's not good to say out loud when, when your, sec- your secondary is going to be two starters this week, probably Brisker and Tyreek Stevenson. And then... Rookies and undrafted free agents everywhere else, basically. It's going to be tough sledding, even against a, a bad Broncos team. But you need Smith to step up against somebody like Cortland Sutton. On the other side, DJ Moore versus Patrick Sertan. We heard a little bit about it from Sire Bettinger yesterday from Lockdown Broncos. Two years ago, or last year, DJ Moore against the Broncos and mostly Pat Sertan. Four catches, 103 yards, and a touchdown. Smoked him a couple times, had a big game. Wasn't high volume in terms of catches, but big plays against Sertain and this Broncos defense. Let's see more of that from DJ Moore. We need to see DJ Moore more involved in the offense. How many times can we say more, more, more in the same sentence? But like, and we've been saying it for three weeks now, more DJ Moore, 10 targets, 15 targets, throw him the ball. Good things happen when you throw DJ Moore the ball and he's had success against Patrick Sertain before. And Sertain's a good cornerback too. But maybe DJ Moore can be in his head a little bit because he's beat him in the past. If you can beat him a time or two in this game, you'll be feeling pretty good. And the last one, it's not as much of a one-on-one. I mean, it is, but it's not always a one-on-one. I'm going to name two guys, but it can be broader than that. Khalil Herbert versus Alex Singleton, the Denver Broncos linebacker. Especially, I know Jazzy Jewell, their other linebacker, is on the injury report this week. We'll see if he's able to go or not. But Singleton has missed quite a few tackles this season. I think he missed five last week alone against the Miami Dolphins. And if you can get Khalil Herbert with some speed, running downhill, you know, cut back on zone and then go, if Alex Singleton is the linebacker who's there to tackle him, you break that tackle and you're off to the races. Like, that's the that's the play right there. That's the one-on-one. It's Khalil Herbert with some good run blocking into the hole, and maybe maybe the linebacker is there, Singleton, 
but you can make that guy miss. We've seen Khalil Herbert make guys miss and be that difference maker at running back that it doesn't quite feel like the Broncos have in Javante Williams right now. Like Herbert has that home run speed, that breakaway ability. And if Singleton's the guy trying to stop you, you've got a decent shot there. The other thing too, most of the most of the Broncos missed tackles this season have come from their defensive backs. It's been the cornerbacks not named Pat Sertan and a little bit of the safeties as well. But like their other outside cornerback, Essing Basie, Essang Bassey, I don't even know how to say his name. The nickel guy there has missed a bunch of tackles. The other outside cornerback, Damari Mathis, missed a bunch of tackles this season. Get your running backs to the edge. Toss it out there. Stretch zone. Make these cornerbacks tackle you because I don't trust that they can consistently enough. And I'm looking for Herbert to break away a big run and Roshan Johnson to keep running hard and earn some extra yards to pick up those first downs, keep the pressure off Justin Fields, control the clock, control the momentum, control the tempo, run the game you want to run against a bad defense that you should be able to impose your will against. And if you can't, you're going to be a little bit concerned. You're going to be a lot of bit concerned if you can't get what you want to going offensively against this team. You're going to be in some real some real trouble here. So that's why you got to get the ball to DJ Moore. You got to let Cool Herbert and the running game really carry you. And then, you know, get Fields comfortable. Let Fields cook. Do what he can against the defense that should be vulnerable for him. And then, again, trying to stop Russell Wilson and make sure that they're not just shooting you out and, you know, winning a shootout against you because that's ultimately what it feels like it's going to come down to to some extent here. It's a winnable ball game, though. We haven't been able to say that in a little while. We haven't felt that in a few weeks here now. So let's see the Bears go out there and show us something to believe in or show us why the number one pick should be on its way. Those feel like the two outcomes this week. Looking forward to seeing what happens. Whatever happens on Sunday, you can be sure we'll all, we'll break it all down for you right here on the Lockdown Bears podcast. So hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Really appreciate everyone who makes Lockdown Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And we love our everydayers tuning in five days a week for your daily Bears fix, even when they're 0-3. Even when things look bleak, we're not sure how many games they're going to be able to win. If they can figure some of this stuff out, you know that no matter what, I'm always going to leave you with another opportunity to bear down.